0: News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio for the afternoon. Monday through Friday, we're here, 2 to 5. Man, I tell you what, it is an honor to have this platform because I've got the best audience in radio. And uh, and I know it and I appreciate it. Hey, listen, uh, like the guy said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. And that's the way we present things every day with the with with whole goal being to empower and entertain and enlighten and educate everybody out there who hears these words So that you, you, you've you got something to take with you You walk away hopefully every day with some nugget you can you can take and when, and when you get trolled by a liberal on social media Or someone asks you a question at Sunday school Or you've got a water cooler conversation going on You've got a reply That's that's the goal here Is to arm you for the day uh, In the fight against liberalism Hey, uh, Copper is running the board Good day to you, Miss Copper Good day, the sun is shining It's... It's a good one. It it is a good day. I mean, it's yeah, it's beautiful out there. we got a lot going on today. There's plenty in the news. Uh, I like to say it continues to be a target-rich environment. I don't think as long as Biden's in office, I'm going to have any lack of things to talk about. Um, We've also got at 2.30 today, one of my favorite segments, Copper's Corner. Copper's got her thing there at 2.30. We've got a guest, uh, Congressman Mo Brooks, will be on at 3 p.m. to talk about this eviction moratorium, which we're going to be unpacking quite a bit today. And then at 4 p.m., one of, those, uh, one of those great moments that I enjoy every week, the Grand Council, myself with uh, Dale Jackson and Jeff Poor, We're going to go ahead and ping each other with questions for about a half hour and see how we do. But uh, for right now, i, I got to tell you, I- I'm looking at the news. And, you know, the last thing I checked, we're still a nation of laws, right? I mean, that's what separates us from many of the come-and-go regimes of history, uh, unlike so-, so many of them before and some now. In the US, the little guy has rights. Your ability to be protected by the terms and conditions of a contract, all right, a contract. I'm an attorney. I can tell you this is a huge piece of our society. Your ability to be protected by the terms and conditions of a contract, it's just as strong for the layman as it is for the expert. Likewise, your ability to own land, actual color of title, they call it, to real property, it's just as strong for the layman as it is for the expert. Unless and until we cease to be a nation of laws. Now, i got to be honest with you, I had an experience, and, and I, I feel like I've told the story, and I hope I haven't on this show, uh, but uh, you know the fact that I was uh, uh, in the military, and I served um, uh, in a variety of components in special operations. Uh, in Afghanistan, I was there at the beginning of the war, occasionally riding horses, had the beard, the whole thing, lived among the Afghan people. It was my special operations uh, civil affairs team uh, with, co-located with a uh, an ODA from a special forces group, and, and we lived among the Afghan people in an area called Kanduz. Combat operations and civic action together were combined to, to what we call civil military operations. I could be doing a raid one night or a tactical resupply airdropped out of the old Soviet airstrip, and the next day I'm helping to build a girl's school trying to uh, you know, win the hearts and minds of the people and, and show them it was a new day. It was a weird life. But, in doing that, one of the things that we wanted to do was show women of Afghanistan that they were going to be valued again because the Taliban had so subjugated the women of that of that that country. And so I, I had a contract underway. I say contract. Keep this in mind, this is a third world country with with more uh, you know. Livestock on the streets then you had cars. But nonetheless, I had a contract underway to redo a girls' school. The Taliban had made it into a barracks. And, and at the same time, I hired a ton of carpenters to build desks because the, the Taliban had burned all the desks. And um, this is underway. And they were so excited. The girls were already going to school, sitting on the concrete floors, uh, waiting one day for their desks. And then I heard that General Miralam, one of the Afghan strongmen who lives in the area, had shut off the contract to build the desks. Now, this is not like, you know, you went down to, you know, the, the big wood shop and you hear all the saws. This is These are like little guys in kiosks on a dirt street in Kanduz, Afghanistan, plugging away because they suddenly had the opportunity to make a living. And they're building these desks, and General Miralam has now shut it off. All right, so I... I I get game on, and we, my, my interpreter and I and a security team, we, we went over to Miralam's headquarters, his compound. It was, it sort of felt like stepping into Jabba the Hutt's throne room, if you know what I mean. All his entourage standing around, people who were his yes men, and, and bottom line is I, I sat there with, with General Miralam, and I, and I went back and forth with him, and, and through my interpreter, I'm telling him, you can't just do that. And he said, it is my job to do this. This is what I do in Afghanistan. I am the strong man here. I am the warlord. I will take care of these things and make sure these contracts go well. What he really wanted was he wanted the cut of the, of the pie. But in, in, in finally, I finally had to say, you can't shut off a contract made by the U.S. government. It won't happen. He realized he was trapped. He couldn't do anything about it. So he literally, here's the point of my story. He looks at me and through my interpreter, he says, well, so in America who enforces the contracts? Well, it was an easy answer for me. Through my interpreter, I said, the lawyers. When my interpreter heard that, he looked at me again. He goes, excuse me, sir. I said, the lawyers. He tells that to Miralam, the whole room broke out laughing. That was the silliest, most ridiculous thing they had ever heard of. You know why? Because they had no respect for the rule of law. See, I knew back home we were solid. If you've got a contract A meeting of the minds expressed in its terms, executed by the parties for which consideration has been passed. Then, absent some kind of an ambiguity or evidence of coercion or some other very specific means by which you could render that thing unenforceable, the four corners of that document represents a binding agreement between the parties. Like the ones between the landlord and their tenants. Likewise, you know, equally sacred as a contract is title to land. Ownership by virtue of title is a huge aspect of a functioning society. Since the days of the Magna Carta back in 1215 from which the takings clause of our own Fifth Amendment was derived, the government cannot unilaterally take your land without providing just and adequate compensation. A situation that even still would invoke laws that encompass your right to due process. And the consideration given to any of your existing contracts or liens or other encumbrances like a mortgage. In other words, your land is your land. And if there's a mortgage on it, it must be dealt with. And if there's a contract on it, that must be dealt with. And if the government determines to unilaterally act in some way as to deprive you of the use and enjoyment of your land, there must be adequate compensation. Period. So why am I telling you all this? Because yesterday we learned the Biden administration could care less. Care less. You see, there's been a thing called an eviction moratorium going on in COVID world. You know, like everything else, you're allowed to change life and society all around you just because of COVID. And the eviction moratorium said that people don't have to pay their rent, but they can't also be evicted, which means if you're a landlord, you basically lost your rights to the value of the property that you obtained either through hard work or inheritance or whatever that you have title to. The Supreme Court came out and said, okay, that thing can't be extended. It's ending July 31st. You cannot extend it without an act of Congress. The Biden administration decided, though, yesterday, in one of the most feckless examples of failed leadership I have ever seen, President Biden stood there, and like he does sometimes, he kind of whispered to the microphone that he had consulted consulted with numerous constitutional law experts. And the majority of them advised him he could not extend that thing and expect the extension to be upheld or or, or survive constitutional muster, but he did it anyway. Now, the vast majority of landlord property owners, those are small-scale, middle-class citizens, literally. 23 million rental units around this country. Six million of them are behind on the rent. $42 billion in relief aid has been set aside to try and help those landlords because they are truly mostly built middle class folks. Only 7% or so of that has made it out to anyone. You know why? Because it requires participation of the tenant. And if the tenant won't fill out the paperwork with you, there is no way you're going to get relief. Now, some people who are not paying their rent have legit reasons. I get it. But many do not. The same as people who won't go back to work because they're being paid more by the government not to, well, too many of them have taken advantage of this situation just simply not paying their contractual obligations because they know they can get away with it. Meanwhile, the property owner, you know, the one who was living the American dream, is left suffering and facing bankruptcy. Story today is case in point. On Fox, I read it just a little while ago before the show started. One landlord in North Carolina owns a few units himself, just a few rental units. His, one of his tenants has not paid since last October. He's out $24,000 in revenue, and yet during that time, that same tenant has bought three boats, and that same tenant also demanded the landlord come and fix the air conditioning. You know, there's an old saying, some attribute to Jefferson, but whoever said it was spot on, the government that is big enough to give you all you need is big enough to take away all that you have. Now, I guess the Biden administration believes that the government giveth and the government taketh away. Well, that's not America. That's tyranny, and we better get back to being a nation of laws. And that's a wrap for The Right Side Way. Well, that one's on paper, prepared in advance, like they all are with research and data. Folks, I'm telling you right now, what's happening is is basically by, by extending the eviction moratorium, despite the fact that the Supreme Court said he could not do so, That represents, in my opinion, as an attorney, I'm not giving legal advice here, but but I I believe that represents an unjust taking by the United States government. And people are being denied their opportunity to the value of the property that they inherited or bought or whatever the case may be. It's an amazing situation. It's infuriating. We're going to talk to Congressman Mo Brooks about it in a little while. All right, Phil Williams, News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. We'll be right back on Right Side Radio.